There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris, for the cold. And brought to you by you. Thank you to our patrons supporting us each week for another year at patreon.com forward slash UK tech. If you're a patron, you're beautiful and we love you. And this is your extended ad free version of this week's show. But if you're not a patron, you're still beautiful. Exactly. But if you'd like to become a patron and get our ad free versions, our extended cuts, live streaming, access to our 24 7 Discord members club, uh, which we're streaming live through now, and hello to everyone listening to us live, then head to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Find out how you can support us with no commitment. Uh, happy New Year, everybody. And in fact, Happy New Year in particular to some of our new patrons Sandy Shomer, Josh Spiro, uh, Matthew Riley adjusted his pledge as well. So they're, they're our newest patrons. And thank you to everyone who's still supporting us uh, from over the last year. We're coming up to almost a year on uh, on doing patreon which is very exciting isn't wow. it? wow that's been that's been longer than i thought i should point out that we did put out a, an outtake special over the new year period which was a week later than i planned on it and i won't explain why safe to say i had a very good reason um i can attest he does have a good reason <laughs> and uh, as part of that we did have a, a segment that we cut out of a of a show towards the end of last year about names and uh, and things and as part of that little conversation we mentioned that ian was such an unpopular name last year that not a single <laughs> baby was registered in britain with the name ian now ian davies tweeted at us after hearing that episode and says speaking as an ian i take great pride in having an unusual name if anyone is taking a list of attendees for anything and asks ian who i explain it's not needed i'm the only one I get very suspicious if there's two of us in a room. We both suspect the other as an imposter. Uh, he said, additionally, my neighbour shortened the name to E. Which is what the, my uni mates tried to pull on me, but uh, I was having none of it. Uh, fun. Uh, so thank you, and I hope everybody enjoyed all of last year's show. We've got some amazing ideas for this year. Lots of fun stuff coming up, and uh, and hopefully some exciting stuff for, for all concerned. Uh, later on in the show, we're not going to talk pretty much at all about CES. You might be surprised for a consumer uh, tech podcast, not talking about the Consumer Electronics Show. But frankly, if you care about CES, you've probably read everything and heard everything you need. You don't really need us to recap it. That's not why we're here. So I should point you towards Tom Merritt and the gang on Daily Tech News Show. They did an amazing job at covering CES from the show floor all the top tech, all the most important stuff, all the biggest news. So go and listen to them if you want some detailed, granular CES coverage. We're going to largely skip over it, although we will be um, dabbling into some a little bit of it for in our extended version this week later on. Using contactless payments in the UK using mobile devices and indeed the plastic they aim to replace became more attractive and less expensive this weekend as a government ban that stops retailers charging fees for using credit cards came into force, Ian. This is yes. exciting news. Uh, the law aims to tackle what the government calls rip-off charges. And here's an example, which The Guardian used to illustrate an extreme case. Just Eat, you know, the food ordering and delivering uh, service, yeah. revealed in 2016 that, quote, payment card slash admin fee revenue accounted for about 
13% of its total revenue. Now, the company makes about half a billion pounds of revenue, uh, or rather it generates about half a billion pounds of revenue uh, annually. So that's an awful lot of money it may have to say goodbye to. Now, the paper, The Guardian that is, pointed out that Just Eat replaced its 50 pence card surcharge with a 50 pence service charge on all orders, which it actually even applies apparently to a restaurant if you pay in cash. Bit of a slap in the face. Um, but the good news, Ian, is that most places aren't scumbags. And so for consumers, this yeah. is great news and will further, I think, encourage the switch from cash um, to digital payments. So well. the, the, the rub is card if you're paying by card you can still be told there's a minimum to pay on a card but you cannot be charged for using a card or contactless yeah. payments like apple pay google pay as it now i believe has been rebranded entirely and uh, and samsung pay and others in fair in fairness i mean this this is well overdue isn't it really um and i, I the charges are not that big for merchants really it is a bit of a price gouge but I also am aware that small retailers tend to use it. So, for example, there's a, a shop near me that I'll use if I need to go and get some supplies on a, on a weekend when most things are shut. Um, not a big shop, but, you know, nice family-run thing. But, yeah, they will charge you, or they were charging you uh, for, for transactions. I think if it was own, only if it was under a minimum amount, though. So if you spent £10, I think they'd let you use the machine, you know, the card thing for free. But if it was under that, uh, then you'd have to pay, which I, I kind of can see that because obviously it has to be worth it as a percentage of what they're paying um, for them. You know, otherwise they're, they're just not going to make any money at all once they've factored in merchant fees and stuff like that. But um, on the whole, I'm, I'm I think it's, it's companies like Just Eat that are really the problem here with this 50p charge. I mean, what is the point of that? Why can't it be rolled into the the, the bill? I mean, I, I don't understand why you have to annoy me by saying you're being charged 50p for this. Is the law that badly thought out that they can switch from a card surcharge to a service charge? I mean, what, you know, like, what, isn't that not just what everyone's going to do? Oh, well, you're using the card machine. Um, that's a uh, that's an o- oxygen surcharge because it takes longer to process a card payment uh, and you're breathing in more oxygen. It's also true that cash processing is very, very expensive. So, for example, if, if Just Eat was to say, okay, well, you, you'll have to pay a card surcharge or cash will be uh, no surcharge, which is what would be reasonable, um, they, it would cost them more to process the cash than it would to process the cards because you've got to go to a bank, you've got to run the risk of being robbed or whatever at any point during the time you've got that large amount of cash on your premises. Uh, obviously, that's a bit different for Just Eat, but, you know, for, take another business. Um, they don't want to deal with cash. Cash is very, very expensive. And um, so cards for them, although there is a fee, is generally a more you know financially productive way of doing things. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that companies haven't seen the benefits of it. And cashback, as I've said probably before, was invented as a way of getting rid of cash supplies. And, and, and it should be pointed out, this also applies not just to, uh, you know, contactless and and things like visa mastercard and credit and debit cards it also applies to apple pay it applies to paypal and similarly they won't be able to charge for using those so it's not a just it's not just card payments it is it is sort of all forms of non-cash to a certain extent um it stops short of covering bitcoin of course but it's still it's still good news actually as a side note the the whole card charge scheme uh, came alongside a wider thing uh, initiative called the open banking initiative and this isn't something we're going to go into 
into detail today. In fact, frankly, it's more a thing for my day job at Bloomberg than it is here on text message. But the markets watchdog told banks that they must open up the information that they hold so it can be used to create new products by other players. So the financial paper City AM actually said um, that many companies are going to stop being able now to work on creating new apps and bots and other tools and stuff to try and make handling your finances um, you know, a bit more fun, if you like, or certainly a bit closer to what you'd expect <laughs> of the likes of Facebook or or ordering an Uber or something like that. And, and that came into into play this weekend as well. So it's a good time, I think, for Britain in terms of thinking about the future of our payment systems, because uh, a lot's going to change this year. It's good news. Yeah. Um, on the Twitters, Paul Gannon, uh, one of the listeners, one of our listeners, wrote in and says, "I use Yolt. It's a great service. It shows me where my money is being spent. I can categorize and add notes to my transactions. It took a bit of time reorganizing into correct categories, but I do find it useful. Um, I've never heard of Yolt, but if anyone else is using uh, such a service or any of these kind of modern money management." Uh, tools that we now have at our disposal do let us know uh, at the usual place hello at techpodcast.uk the entertainment retailers association revealed this week that uk sales of music movies and video games reached a record high in 2017 helped mostly by digital services like spotify valve uh, well, Steam, uh, Netflix, Amazon, Sky, Apple, Google, etc. According to a useful summary on Engadget, over the last 12 months, the blog writes, Brits spent £7.24 billion on music, films and games, which is nearly a 9% increase over the previous year. And digital services uh, accounted for about 72% of that, uh, which drove the UK entertainment market to its fifth straight year of growth, which is good news for those industries. In terms of music, physical sales fell about 3.5% over... Uh, oh, and paid, this is interesting, actually. Well, the whole thing is obviously very, very interesting, but uh, <laughs> of particular interest, uh, paid for downloads fell 23%. So that's really, really significant when you factor in the fact that streaming music rose about 42%. Uh, and it's yeah. similar for, for films, which um, saw both physical uh, and rental sales drop last year, while streams and downloads were up about 22%. So we're seeing this continued advancement of streaming taking over both purchasing both in terms of physical copies from stores as well as paid for you know drm free downloads from the likes of itunes what should be pointed out because it's easy to think that this is you know maybe isolated to 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 us but i I checked out some figures from nielsen just to look at the us and and things are similar over there as well last week uh nielsen published a report that said overall consumption of albums songs and on-demand audio streaming in the states grew 12 and a half percent year over year and there was a 59 percent increase in on-demand audio streams which offset track and album sales which have continued to decline although interestingly ian uh britain's ed sheeran led the way in terms of total uh, volume of consumption you know so downloads and streams and everything uh, which beat out the local taylor swift well as we said in at the top of the show if you want to hear a, a big big rundown of uh, of what happened at ces go and check out the last few days episodes of daily tech news show uh, that Tom and the gang have been doing. We're not really going to talk about it that much, but one of the things that did intrigue me this year is wireless charging. And it's a dumb name for a technology to start with. Let's just get <laughs> this out of the way. It's a bit like digital. when people talk about digital downloads, digital music downloads. It's like they're all digital. It's just a download. And yeah. wireless charging, you know, just plug the wireless charging mat into your power outlet using a wire. I understand your frustration with this, but at the same time, it is wireless, 
in that it isn't in, in that the same way Bluetooth headphones are wireless. They still require you charge them up with a wire, and they still. I mean, yeah, doesn't you count. See what I mean, doesn't count. It doesn't count because when you're using in the act of, it's got to be the act of using has right. to be wireless. Yeah. In my opinion, for something to be to be wireless. So the fact that when you use a pair of Bluetooth headphones, regardless of how it's being charged up, it is being used wirelessly. You know, and with a wireless cable charger, with a wireless charger currently, m- the vast majority of implementations require you plug it in to something with a wire. Now, the exception are things where it's been baked into a desk, and I'm willing to I'm willing to concede that that is wireless because to a to a user, they're not even seeing a wire. There's no interface there, and I kind of I'm willing to accept that. Um, but the reason we're talking about it here is because the Verge wrote that from CES, uh, rather they wrote at CES, that they've seen a huge wave of Qi wireless charger, which is now really the industry standard. Um, It's actually a standard that's been around for ages. It's just that after Apple introduced the Qi charging feature in the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10, accessories companies are now starting to cash in. Powermat, in fact, which we I talked about on the Patreon blog a little while ago, it had long been pushing the PMA wireless charging standard, which was the primary competitor to Qi. They announced, according to The Verge, quietly that it had joined the Wireless Power Consortium, which basically unifies pretty much everyone behind the Qi standard. Yeah. Now, I think this is good news on the one I hand, do. at least, because the more industry focus on a single standard, the better. Obviously, the more competitors the more innovation we get to see. Um, I just think we've got to be careful and not let marketing get in the way here because these technologies are not wireless as long as they require a wire. I think when they're embedded into hardware, it's it's a really good step, but they need to be fairly accurately positioned still, as in your device has to be fairly accurately positioned still on a, on a mat. And I think that makes them a little less flexible than just using a cable. Now, I have written about this before, and I do think that... In my head, I see this future where we can move towards wireless charging points in, you know, hotels and coffee shops and things like that being discoverable via an app or a mapping system, kind of like we have with public Wi-Fi hotspots now, where you can fire up an app and it'll show you where all the nearest what you know, hotspots are for various providers or if they're free or things like that. But I think the goal has still got to be to make wireless charging where the field of charge availability like is is spread over a wider area you know maybe even just a foot or a meter or something maybe key, maybe keyboards can become conduits or the chassis of an all-in-one pc um or even even some sort of form beam forming transmitter that sends more power but over a you know a narrow but targeted distance uh, yeah. something like that that's that's what i want to see and and until then i just sort of feel that we need to be careful about what we call wireless charging because it all feels a little bit not wireless to me. Anyway, I wanted to have a rant. I don't agree with that, actually. I mean, I, I can see what your point is, and it is a point that's been made by you and others. Um, but I just, I don't care. I, I understand. I, for me, it is much more convenient to put my phone. My iPhone is currently on a, a, a charger that I reviewed years and years ago, um, a Tilt charger um, that's um, really good, actually. It's a little, it, it's a you know, little stand, sits on the desk, Cable tucked away. I put the iPhone on. The iPhone is about the same width as the stand. So as soon as I put it on, it immediately locks on and charges. Works perfectly. Um, for me, I understand the principle that it's not actually wireless. But for me, that just I, I just doesn't factor as an argument. It's so much easier to put the thing on a charging mat than it is to 
fiddle around, even with Apple's own dock, like that, you know, the little desktop stand that they, you, you can get that has a, yes. a DAC built in. Um, and that thing's great, but it's not as easy to dock it on that. And I worry so much about uh, stressing the charging port um, that I actually kind of, I kind of feel like, I feel guilty almost every time I put it on. But with the wireless charger, I just sling it on the desk. It doesn't charge particularly quickly, but actually I kind of like that because during the day, you know, I'll have used it a bit. It'll drop down a bit. Just pop it on. It's a nice gentle charge. This is how it works in my brain anyway. I'm sure it's the re- science reality of it's quite different. Um, but it just gives me a top up. And it, it just means that when I pick my phone up, it's pretty much 100% charged. I don't have to worry about plugging it in. Um, and I, and also, let's be honest, particularly with Apple, charging cables aren't cheap. Like they're not, you know, to have one in every room where you might want to charge your phone um, and be, let's be realistic. Like, I mean, I know there's no reason to charge your phone in every room, but you want your phone to be near you at all times. So I've got, because of Apple made the sensible decision to follow Qi rather than do their own thing, I've got a Samsung charger in the lounge that I can use. I've got this tilt thing here. There's, you know, there's been no sign of the official Apple charger, has there yet? Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy using those things. And I've, got, I've amassed enough of them over the years that I can have one in pretty much every room which is kind of nice. I suppose so. And and in the chat room, we had a, a few comments about this. I mean, Stephen Huxtable thinks that, yeah, he says he loves his uh, his wireless charger after being a, a bit of a hater. Uh, and John, uh, John Evans talks about it being great late at night in the dark. And that side of things, I can definitely agree with because often because of shift work, my wife is in bed before I am and the light is off and I usually stumble in trip over all the mess on my side of the bed and then try and put my iPhone into the dock and I'm always sort of rolling it around blindly over the metal waiting for it to clip in sometimes the little charging prong goes between the iPhone's case and the iPhone itself and I think yes. it's charging but it isn't and eventually I have to sort of slide my other hand's finger to swipe underneath the phone to find out where the hole is until I can fully you know penetrate the little orifice uh, and, and achieve charging. What's the certification people in the US for things like this? Um, they they were looking at um, an application for something that charged uh, within three feet. So it, it was like, it was completely wireless. It was a, a, a beam, as you suggested. You'd walk into an area, um, I don't know, say if you were sat at a desk um, and, and you'd, have, you'd have a thing... A, above you or you'd have something under the desk maybe and it would it, and there and it would it would have a 3 foot area that was you would put your phone in it and it would charge um so that is obviously coming Stephen in the chat room says it's uh, almost as good as a shoehorn key there though i think mate is almost is exactly almost and by the way we had a number of people tell us that they've been buying shoehorns for people over christmas so i think the global shoehorn industry uh, must have skyrocketed thanks to you and i mate we're we're really in the pockets of big shoehorn hold on oh i think i've got it here we go no i've got it here we go uh, fcc gives first approval for wireless charging at a distance a company called what's up um works up to three feet away hold on i'll uh yeah, so um, it, the latter is used to um, send focused RF-based power to devices as far as three feet away. Uh, this ushers in a new era of wireless charging for devices, you know, obviously. Um, it was supposed to be demonstrated at the CES, uh, at CES. I don't know what happened with it. Let me Google the company name and see if anything shows up from, uh, from CES. This sounds a lot like what I was describing in that we need something that's kind of like a 
beam forming system because to to broadcast something out in a kind of spherical direction if you like you know all around you like wi-fi example uh, for example is not going to be efficient it's also going to draw a lot of criticism that people's brain is being melted by invisible electric uh, electrical waves but uh but this sounds a little more rational and realistic I, I, yeah he's saying this chat isn't he Stephen uh, saying it's wasteful yes it absolutely would be um, and I, I don't know how you overcome that I mean wireless charging isn't completely um, free of waste I think I, I seem to remember that they've made massive steps over the last year to get it up but I remember it was something like half efficiency basically so you were wasting half the power um, I, I think they've got it up to be much more like 90% efficient now, which is good. It's, it takes time, you know. I mean, we have to accept the fact that at the start, things are never brilliant. If you have any thoughts on what we've talked about, let us know. Obviously, hello at techpodcast.uk. But I don't think we need to spend our time talking about what we liked from CES necessarily. But we are certainly interested in hearing what you guys out there in listener land liked from ces this year what was your highlight what was your low light low lights are always fun as well um do let us know any opinions you have so we can maybe do a little bit of a a listener digest of uh, of, of highs and lows from ces this year send those in to hello at techpodcast.uk Well, Ian, shining laser beams onto hillsides could be used as a method of scaring eagles away from flocks of sheep. The BBC reported this week that frickin' laser beam technology, although they didn't use that word, that's my phrasing, is to be trialled in Argyle, an area of Scotland where farmers have had issues with the raptors preying on lambs. Interesting point here, Ian. Raptor means to seize. Oh, well, I I didn't know that. Um, That makes something of a mockery of the... Jurassic Park raptors that sort of don't seize as much as they do sort of claw. If you see what I mean? Well, that's that's short for Velociraptor, and I think they seize with their little their little hands, don't their, they? Their little tiny claws. Who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know what's true anymore because I watched Jurassic World and it's the worst piece of crap I've ever seen in my entire life. It's all fake news. It's all very bad. <laughs> don't worry, everyone. It's still me. It's not Donald um, Trump. He hasn't popped into the room. Uh, Scottish National Heritage said the trial would be carefully monitored, according to the BBC. Now, I think this is an interesting approach because if you think about what we saw a year ago, the Dutch police were believed to be the first force in the world to use eagles to take down unauthorized drones flying around the air. Isn't that crazy that, you know, last year it was, okay, we're going to get eagles to take out drones. And then this year it's right. We're going to use lasers to take out eagles. What next? Mice to take out lasers? Uh, you know, is someone going to bring in Lassie to, to take down, you know, I don't know, well, piracy I would say, or something? I would, I would say that I think it's unlikely we're going to have a huge problem with rogue lasers. But I mean, I, the way this country's going, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too, too surprised if we do end up with, you know, a network of rogue lasers hunting us all down and shooting us in the brain. Uh, any thoughts you have on what next for eagles or lasers or indeed anything at all uh hello at techpodcast.uk 
Well, it's time to dive headfirst into our 2018 mailbag, which contains almost exclusively mail that fell into the bag from 2017. Uh, we've got quite a lot of it because of the length of time the show was without a regular episode uh, in December. So we're going to do some of it this week, some of it next week. And we're going to start by a message from John who says, Hi, Nathan Ian. With my phone contract due for renewal in February, I've been interested in your recent discussions about buying the handset outright and getting a cheaper SIM-only deal. I'm currently paying three a whopping £55 a month for 8 gig of data, so it would seem like a no-brainer to get more data for less with a SIM-only deal. My God, £55 a month for 8 gig? Yeah, you get I know, someone I'm... killed for that. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, um, also, and that's I, I assume that's because it includes a phone, obviously, because I'm only paying 20 quid for unlimited data. But I, I... Uh, That's true. Assassins never throw in a handset when you get them to kill somebody. Right, true. Yes, okay, fine. I, I, I'd wager. Yeah, well, I, I don't. You don't know that, though, do you? For sure, you can't say there is. You can't say there's never been a deal done where someone goes, "I'll give you fifty-five quid um, if you kill this person," but I'm also going to need a phone. It could have happened. Uh, well, it didn't happen to John, fortunately, but he did say, unfortunately, I hit a stumbling block. My house is a 1950s council house with thick walls that have been cavity insulated. It's like a Faraday cage with no phone, phone signals of any network managing to penetrate. I tried to persuade all of my friends and family to contact me via WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, but there were holdouts like my elderly parents who couldn't get their heads around the idea that I just wasn't getting their messages. Three activated native Wi-Fi calling without an app last year and, there, and was therefore revolutionary to me, and it felt like the way of the future. But here's where the stumbling block is with the SIM-only deal. None of the mobile networks offer Wi-Fi calling unless you get the handset from them. Most don't give an explanation, but EE mentioned something about putting their own firmware on the phone to make it possible. Surely that's a red herring, and it's just another attempt for mobile phone companies to keep us locked into expensive contracts. Now, I have to say, John, and in fact I did say because I emailed you back in a rare moment of responding directly via email. Normally we consider the, the reading out to be our response. Um... Vodafone definitely does support Wi-Fi calling for SIM-only plans because I have a Wi-Fi calling option on my SIM-only plan from Vodafone and I did not buy my phone from Vodafone. So, and right. I did point that out. Yes, but and you got a reply, did you? Yes, I mean, he said, thanks for replying. I'll have another look at Vodafone. Uh, he says they're not his favorite network and he couldn't get them get away from them fast enough when he moved to them from three, which I found massively ironic since I joined Vodafone after getting sick of three. Yeah, so um, on this subject, um, I think it depends on the phone. I was going to I, like, I, I was gonna reply and then obviously Christmas just totally got in the way or whatever. Um, or was it after? I can't remember now. Um, Basically, I my understanding is that if you get an unlocked iPhone, you can put that on three Wi-Fi with very little problem. I because th- I've got my, mine is a SIM only and it's on Wi-Fi calling. Um, I think it's different with other phones like the Samsung Galaxy S8 and stuff like that. Because, I, but I don't know why. I, I should have looked into it really, so I had a, a, a cogent answer. Um, but I'm aware of the issue. But I suspect it's one of those things that will go away with time. All the phones support the standard. Um, So it's not particularly difficult to implement. Um, I just don't know why they require... I think because a lot of them, you have to have a specific firmware. Um, And I guess that's a security thing, presumably, because they don't want you just being able to, uh, you know, hack into their network, as it were. Well, I would be interested if anybody else out there has got a SIM-only deal and has got a Wi-Fi calling option so we can pass that over to John and anyone else listening who has seen this as a stumbling block. But certainly, at least for me, unless I've got some bizarre 
grandfathered option i can use wi-fi calling on my phone now uh do you want to take this next one we had from charles uh cadenhead who emailed yeah Ian? sure yeah absolutely uh here in the u.s at least here in texas most schools do not allow phones out in class some teachers allow students to use their phones or integrate phones into the lesson uh with clicker apps um or looking something up um, but it's the teacher, uh, but it's on a teacher by teacher basis. My son is in high school and his school will pick up student phones if they're caught and charge them $20 to get them back. My son says he doesn't see many phones out. I teach college classes and I tell my students to mute their phones or put them away. Our students pay hundreds of dollars for a class and I want to make sure they get 100% of what they paid for. I enjoy this show. Thank you for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it, the thing is, you have, sometimes with students, you sort of have to kind of say, well, look, you know, this is your time and money and education you're wasting. Uh, if you don't listen, no, you know, no one's going to come and explain this to you again in 10 years when you're sitting wondering why you can't fill in your tax return because you didn't pay attention in maths, which is my problem. Well, as a side note, um, John in the chat room said that they've had a recent update about GDPR, which is the new EU date, uh, general data protection regulation, which I'm currently neck deep in for work reasons. Uh, and he says he's basically going to have to give up taking his phone to school where he works. Uh, so that's another interesting one. I mean, that's all about privacy and you know data protection well, why stuff. Why is and that though? I mean, what's the what's the reasoning for that? I, he's going to type in the chat. We'll have to. We should do something on this because it's a really interesting topic and i'm i'm i don't know anywhere near enough about it but if you're researching it it would be interesting for me to ask you questions and um from a lay person's perspective and perhaps educate people because it yeah. sounds well maybe john could send us a, an email that we can read out next week about how this is impacting uh, him at school and 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 work it would be very very interesting uh, finally a little note from uh, stuart robertson here uh, sorry not from stuart robertson Yes, it is Stuart Robertson. Uh, guys, liked the recent discussion on shoehorns. <laughs> Which one? Uh, as a long-term user, I concur they are fantastic. Uh, what about a white shoehorn with an Apple logo and sell it for 20 quid? From what I've seen, there are a lot of mugs out there willing to part with their money. Boom. Very good. We'd asked for innovations for shoehorns, hadn't we, mate, before Christmas? Yeah, what we did. Do? And I mean, I, th- I I am amazed that at CES there wasn't a shoehorn robot that would sort of scuttle up to you while you were putting your shoes on and sort of horn its way into your footwear. I agree. Uh, You could maybe summon that robot with a horn, a different type of horn, of course, (laughs) and and sort of contain the the horn experience even 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 better in in your household um we're going to come to some other emails next week because we did we did have some others had a very long one from Stuart whitehouse as well um but we're, we're going to come to that next week so apologies for that Stuart. but you guys are just so interesting we have a hard job not reading out all of your messages um anything you want to do of course send them to us at hello at techpodcast.uk let's check in with the dtns crew and see what's been going on this week even though of course we know because ces has been happening hey there this week we were at the consumer electronics show in las vegas so we talked about a lot of new stuff including lg's rollable tv the htc vive pro an almost invisible hearing aid and much more plus an ai training program that tries to guess whether you have a british or american accent i was able to fool it and we discuss why robots seem to need to look cute and adorable can we trust them you'll just need to head to dailytechnewsshow.com for that answer and much much more back to you guys thank you tom okay mate that's it for those of you listening live or listening to our unedited uh, versions via patreon you'll know that this week has been a bit of a mess behind the scenes you, what you've heard 
for you guys on the free feed and on the extended feed is a tightly polished, heavily edited version. But my God, was this week a mess <laughs> behind, the, behind the scenes. So if you're listening, if you get our... Um, our extended and not our extended our unedited version on our five dollar tier this might be a a week to check out if you want to hear how badly we screw up the show sometimes yeah the chat room has been very pleased because it's been a lot of swearing and outtakes and us doing things wrong uh, but thank you to all of our patrons supporting us at tech uh, not at techpodcast.uk at patreon.com forward slash uk tech and also thank you to everybody supporting us by listening to the free show and leaving us reviews and telling your friends and family and enemies and everybody else because you guys help there's a hell of a lot more of you out there listening on the free feed so you guys support us massively by leaving us reviews maybe you haven't left one for a while maybe you'd like to leave another one or if you haven't read one at written one at all Maybe you like to write one. It really helps. Uh, and you can do that on iTunes, certainly, but also any podcatching software you use that has a store. It would be fantastic. Ian, I think that's it. Yes. We're done. Awesome. Thanks. That was good. That was, uh, it was fun, if a little incompetent. Uh, only if you were listening to the unedited or live version. Yes, Because true. I think the, uh, the, the competence displayed on the free and extended versions <laughs> was, if I may speak in advance of editing it, absolutely marvellous. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.